Sorry, say it again. <laughs> How's the baby? Yeah, the baby is good. Thank you, Iona. She's four months old now, and she is just she's starting to laugh and giggle, and okay. she uh, she just she's one of those babies that was like a late laugher. So I was like subconsciously like worried, like is she one of those babies that just doesn't laugh? <laughs> like is she one of those weirdos? And so it's like she started smiling and giggling recently. So uh, I'm pretty happy about that. Um, our other kids, Kojin and Ira, they started laughing very early. Like Kojin, I, I swear on my, on, on God, I swear to God, that one week old, she, he was giggling, just mm. like profusely giggling. One week old. I have a video of it too, as proof. Okay. And uh, maybe I'll put that in, in the video version of this podcast. Stupid <laughs> <laughs> talking. Yeah. Yeah. So she started smiling. She loves being tickled. Anyways. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MatchNet podcast. Christian and I were just catching up. This episode is going to rock your world because we are pretty much improvising this topic uh, off the cuff and, and talking about what's really hot in our minds. We're passionate about. Just want to remind you guys that this is the only podcast on the planet that is for you matching folks who are trying to get matched and blessed in the best way possible. And the only reason we do this is to help you all because we make no commission from you guys joining MatchNet or from listening to this podcast. The only reason we do this is because we care. So, right, Christian? Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope you're not getting commission off of sales of the program. And I'm no, not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. If okay. you don't, how can I? I don't know. Who knows? No. So we do this because we want you guys to succeed. And we appreciate when you share it with people. But also let us know that you like the podcast. It really touches us and moves us when, you, when we get feedback. So let us know that. Okay? All right. So today... I want to talk about this, which Christian has no idea what we're talking about, which is, do you? Which is what? Which is how to get unstuck. How to get unstuck in stuff. You're a man of, what is it? How old are you? 40 now? 41? 42? I'm just going to let you guess and also let everybody else guess. 100? So, so, so we keep going with the program. Man, I just skipped like six decades. Anyways. Uh, we're going to be talking about our our life experiences and getting unstuck from stuff because everyone is everyone right now all of you guys are listening to this and you are stuck in somewhere you are to the extent of that being stuck is your is your decision in your life and everyone's different but everyone's stuck at something and it's okay to be stuck it's totally fine it's totally normal it is unreasonable to think that you have the answers to everything in life right that's true. Totally unreasonable. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, when people get matched and blessed or go through this journey, they feel like everything has to be great and I have mm -hmm. to have all my stuff together. And I promise you, it's impossible. You're mm -hmm. going to get stuck. Mm -hmm. I was very stuck when I was 18 years old because I was like, I'm a, I'm a good man. I'm a man of God. I can get matched and I can get blessed. I'm going to be a good husband because I know how women work. That's what I believe. Guess what? I did not know how women work. I did not have to know how to be good in a relationship. And it's a, ter it's a terrible combination to be 18 years old, to know how women work, to think I I know how women work and I know how to be in a relationship and then and then facing the tragic reality reality that I have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. That's really hard. <laughs> I was very very stuck for a very very long time in my own blessing and uh in my with my kids in my life and I want to talk about this today. Sounds good Christian? Oh yeah. Let's yeah. go on. So we can we can talk about that. But I want to preface by sharing a story of uh, a situation that I was you know, a really good close friend of ours, uh, my of my wife and I. She's a she's a Japanese person, blessed to a Korean person, and she is going through a pretty pretty rough uh, marital situation right now. Uh, she's in her late thirties, and they don't have any children. And uh, I, 
they're very close to us. So we love them a lot. Right. So Hito has been kind of talking with them and, and mentoring them through this experience of she wants to have children, right? She wants to have children. She's getting 40 soon. And, and he's doesn't want to have kids. He doesn't even have a job. He doesn't have a job. She's working really hard doing stuff. She's going through kind of a depressed state right now where she's working hard and, and not making a good income. And she wants to have kids, but he doesn't want to have kids. There's a lot of, a lot of marital conflict going on, constantly arguing. And, uh, and there's a, this is a pretty stuck situation, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I apologize if this is, you know, whatever trigger offensive to people, but I got pretty, pretty, not upset, but really strong and challenging to this couple, especially this, this woman, right? Because I was like, you have basically three options in life. And this is directly from Greg Bear. If you guys are familiar with him, you have three options with any situation. You can live with it and hate it. You can live with it and love it. Mm-hmm. Or you can leave it. Mm-hmm. Those are the only options you have. That's it. And for more than twelve years in their in their blessing, this 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 uh, fine woman has been living with it and hating this relationship and her life because she keeps doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, which is normal. But she's stuck, right? Mm-hmm. And she's finally, after many years, decided to actually reach out for help. So <clears throat> I was like, you have two options now, right? I'm not saying I'm not telling you which one to do but you can live with it and learn how to love it or you can leave it. Those are your options. And what was, what I got fiery passion about is that I see this so many times mm-hmm. where people consistently do the wrong things and hit their heads on a wall when all they have to do is reach out for help. All they have to do is <clears> talk <throat> to the right person that's done the thing before, mm-hmm. but why not? Is it because they're lazy? I don't know. Is it because they're arrogant? Maybe. Is it because they're stupid? Probably not. They're smart people. So it's either, either they're being lazy or they're being prideful and they don't want to reach out for help. Mm-hmm. And I say this with compassion because I was there for many, 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 many years in my own marriage, right? So I was like talking with the kid, I was talking with the kids last night about this idea of, of hitting your head against a wall and not get, making progress and thinking that things are going to change just by keep, keeping doing the same thing by myself in my own little room, in my own little head. Mm-hmm. So I like, there was like a door to the closet and I closed the door, right? And I was pushing the door open. It's like an open door. And I was like pushing. I was like, why well, I want this door open? I just want to get to the closet. And I was getting upset, like pretending to be really angry. I was like, this door's not opening. Why is it not opening? It won't open. And then I, and then I was like, oh, all I have to do is pull the door open. Because I was trying to push it. This <laughs> and the kids started laughing, like their heads off. Because they thought it was so funny. That I was like, I can't open the door. I just want to open the door. This is what people are doing all the time. Mm-hmm. All the Freaking time, people are pushing a door that just needs to be pulled. Mm-hmm. And they wonder why. And the reason that people get frustrated, I'll tell you this, Brian, the reason that people get frustrated at themselves is because they try their best, quote unquote, and then they throw in the towel, they throw up their hands and say, I give up. This is too hard. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be this hard. Marriage is not supposed to be hard. The blessing is not supposed to be this hard. What is? Why is it so hard? And mm-hmm. I look at them and I tell them, you have not tried your best. You have not. Because you cannot reasonably say that something's so hard because you haven't tried your best. What have you tried? Tell me. <laughs> I talk every day with people who are addicted to porn, guys. And mm-hmm. I say, tell me what you have tried to quit. Mm-hmm. Well, I tried pushing myself really hard. I tried going to Chumpyong. I tried smacking out in my face <clears throat> during Ansu. <laughs> I, I'm not just dis- like I 100% I, I believe in Chanyang. I do. But I'm not saying it's, I'm saying it's not the solution. <laughs> it's not the solution, right? Well, I tried willpowering myself. I tried cold shower conditions. I tried, uh, I tried praying and repenting to God and telling him, God, I'm sorry for my porn addiction. 
I was like, that doesn't explain why you continue to do something that causes you so much pain. That doesn't explain why you can do, do something that is detrimental to you and that you hate. Why? What I'm saying is like, you have not tried your best. How much money have you spent on trying to solve this issue? Zero dollars. How much time have you spent to actually learn from people that have done what you're trying to do? Zero dollars. How many people have you talked to to address this issue and to get unstuck? Zero people. Well, you cannot confidently say that you have tried your best because you have not. And it is unreasonable to get frustrated because you've been pushing a door that just needs to be pulled your entire life for many, many years. And this is what I was telling this couple, right? Again, don't go come at Benji and say, oh, Benji, you're too strong with people. Guys, I love people. If you talk to me one-on-one, -on -one, I promise you, you'll feel love for me and you'll feel compassion for me. Nothing but it. <laughs> it's only when I get in the podcast and talk with Christian. Ben, ben, it's, it's very difficult for people to feel a lot of love from you right now because they feel like, Ooh. that's okay. That's okay. Because if that's you, then maybe this isn't for you and that's fine. Mm. But I'm trying to reach people that this is going to speak to. That's, that's it, right? Yeah. That's fine. I'm trying to speak to people that are stuck and feel the pain of not getting anywhere with whatever it is they're trying to get with, with weight, with health, with a mental uh, health, whatever it is, right? Spiritual health, with your own relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, whatever it is. It's like, what I'm saying is like, there's, there's, more, there's more to be done. And I don't think it's reasonable to get frustrated and depressed at ourselves until we've explored at least the option of talking with people and trying to find someone that's done the thing that you're trying to do and getting help. Mm -hmm. until you've done that, I don't think it's reasonable to say, this is too hard. No one can do this. This is not for me. I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to give up. I don't think it's reasonable. So in this situation for this couple, I know it's a dire situation and it's a really like personal thing, but I was really clear, like you can either learn how to live with each other and learn how to love each other and to love the things that you hate about each other or, and continue doing that, or you can leave it. That's your decision. I'm not saying there's a, there is an option. I really hope to God that you do learn how to love, right? I do. I think that is always the best option and people throw in the towel for divorce way, way, way too early. They do True. because they have not exhausted the options. Do you see where I'm going with? You're pushing, you're pushing out a door that needs to be pulled open and they say, so it's difficult. I just want to get in the closet. And then your conclusion is I'm going to, I'm going to bulldoze through this door. <laughs> I'm going to get a sledgehammer and smash the door open because it won't open. Mm -hmm. This is what people do with divorce. It's like, it's not the natural, it's not the natural reasonable conclusion to come to. Anyways, Christian, I'm yeah. saying this, I'll share a bit about my experience with getting stuck and how I got unstuck, but I want to hear from you because I'm, I'm done. I'm going to drop oh, you're done. Hmm. Okay. So, um, you said a lot of good things there, many good points, especially the door. I like that. I like that, uh, that analogy. You know, the door is for you to pull and you're pushing and then uh, <clears throat> start complaining because when you're doing that, you're exerting more more energy and burning yourself more, you know. So, yeah, um, you know, when, when we brought up that topic, I was like, yeah, I think one initial step to get unstuck is to talk to somebody, you know, <clears throat> because the key is to get a new perspective. You know, when you talk to somebody, you, you are opening up, you are unloading, you're creating space for you to receive a new perspective. Uh, it doesn't mean that every, you know, every new perspective you receive is good. Uh, you need to discern based on your situation, based on your, your predicament, you need to, to discern 
what 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 is useful what is not because some information may be useful right there at that time some information may be useful for later you know so yeah open up to somebody reach reach out and um, be willing uh, open-minded to receive new perspective yeah so why is it that people don't reach out for help <clears throat> uh, one thing, one reason may be that people are not aware that there is a problem. Hmm. You know, some people may feel like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be. Men are idiots, so it's just like that. You know, uh, or women are so complicated. It's just like that. Uh, but when we are in a relationship, we are supposed to feel happy. We are supposed to feel fulfilled, you know, not necessarily 100%, but there's supposed to be some level of happiness. If there is no level of happiness, everything is difficult, then there is a problem in the relationship. It needs to be addressed, you know. So when people are not aware that there is a problem, they keep ignoring the signs, uh, then they will not seek any help. Yeah. But when they are aware that, this is not what's supposed to be. This door is supposed to be not stuck like this, you know? So what's the problem? Then seek help. See, how does it work? You no. Know, uh, so there are, there are indications, books, uh, people to talk to, where you can receive information. Uh, again, new perspective, you know, on the situation that you are you know, stuck in. Yeah. Yeah, I'll share real quick the the kind of bottom low of our relationship with my wife. I remember, all right, just, just like in total honesty, like my wife and I went through many years of being like not having sex in our relationship. Right. Um, and if that sounds a little too intimate for you guys, you can go ahead and leave, but this is the blessing podcast and the blessing is all about sex. If you didn't know that, right. <laughs> People say, Ben, you talk too much about sex. And I always say, well, I'm not weird for talking about sex. You're weird for not talking about sex because that is what the blessing is all about. Anyways. Would you agree, Christian? Oh, yeah. Like, talk about the fall, man. Talk about the blessing. Talk about the change of blood lineage. Talk about the five steps. Talk about the 40-day separation. Three. It's all about sex, right? Absolute yeah. sex. Heavenly sex. God's heavenly sex. Yeah. So my wife and I were very uh, years, you know, year, I don't even want to say how many years, way too many years of not being intimate. And uh, and I was, I thought, you know, this is a this is just a time in our life where we'll just get through it. And, and I wasn't willing to reach out for help. I wasn't. And I remember being angry and fighting about this point so many times, right? Because mm -hmm. I was like, I don't have sex every day. And she's like, I could totally be fine to never have sex. <laughs> you know, I can live my whole life not being intimate, right? And that's how. Mm -hmm. And then I took that very personally, et cetera, et cetera. We'd argue, we'd fight constantly. And the sign, like you were saying, was like, I'm not happy. <laughs> like, we are not happy. My yeah. wife is not happy. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly fighting and arguing about this point. We have kids. You know what I'm saying? It's like all the signs were there, but, but what was, and I would just say, you know, this is just a time I'll get over it. I'll, we'll figure it out on our own. This lasted for years. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Until, until I was like, like all the signs it's like written on the wall. Like we, we are not happy and I don't want to not be happy. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like I could have just decided, you know what, this whole intimacy, intimacy thing, it's not for us. Mm -hmm. Some people like people do that. It's like, it's not for us. We'll just live our lives. A lot of people do that actually but i was like i don't want this 
that's not what that's not what I want. This is not the blessing I want. So what I did is I reached out to three people mm-hmm. in in order, like in, within a month or something. I was like, I talked to Andrew Love, mm-hmm. I talked to David Wolfenberger, Uncle Dave, mm-hmm. and I talked to Crescentia Degotti, who was the director of the BFM at the time, and she was you know the director of the BFM. Mm-hmm. So I talked to these people. And what was amazing is that they did not really give me much advice. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They just listened and let me talk myself into a solution. <laughs> yeah. See what I'm going? So when I told them out loud what was going on, going on, I realized, holy, holy crap, I'm the one. It's me. It's me. Mm-hmm. It's me. It's not her. It's us. Mm-hmm. This is our relationship. And I'm comparing myself to everyone else. I'm comparing myself to that couple or that couple who's having sex and having a great time and having all these kids. I'm comparing and I'm frustrated because it's me. And I'm the one that's getting frustrated. I'm the one that is causing this. I'm the one that's causing my own unhappiness and it's no one else. There's no one else. Mm-hmm. It's me. And when I said it out loud, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the problem. Everything changed after that. Everything. Because I had perspective. And that's what happens when you talk to people, you get perspective. Mm-hmm. on things that you didn't see before mm-hmm. because until now it was me in my own head battling this thing until i told someone i was like oh now i have perspective this is what happens when people beat porn guys long-term porn addiction they battle it for decades in their own head and then they can do it themselves and then they talk to somebody or they join a program with high noon and guess what happens they just change mm-hmm. because they have perspective on what's actually going on they actually know what's going on with them and they know, and therefore they know how to defeat it True. because in your head, that's where the battles happen. That's where the self-talk is happening. Mm-hmm. That's where the, Oh, I'm going to be addicted my whole life. Oh, I'm this, this issue is going to pursue forever. I'm going to be un, un, uh, overweight and unhealthy my entire life. I'm never going to get matched. That's happening in the head. But when you say it out loud and have a conversation, have give and take as DP says, everything in the universe is created by give and take action. When you have give and take with somebody, something new is created. Something new is developed. Something new is born. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's like my, like the realest example. It's happened many times uh, through many times where I felt stuck, where I just was like, all right, I don't like being stuck. And it's unreasonable for me to not be stuck because life is, life is going to throw challenges. Like there are going to be roadblocks and there's no, there's no reason I should have all the answer. So I've gotten really good at identifying. This is something that I want to change. I'm going to go to the right person who has done this before and I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to get perspective and then I'm going to grow from there. And then I remove that roadblock and it's like, then the growth can happen because the growth, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. It's amazing because that is one thing. Speak with somebody, you get a fresh perspective. Uh, another thing is also, is also time. You know, in French days, they say, la nuit porte conseil. It's like with time, things will you know uh, be become clear you know <clears throat> and sometimes that's all that you need you know uh, like step out of the situation to look at it from outside mm. you know and it's like sometimes they say uh, try to see the situation the situation from the other person's perspective you know which usually we don't do you know uh, because we are, because we are stuck, we are looking at, we are trying to get unstuck, and we are focusing on me, me, me. You know, I want this, I want that, I, I want to do this, I want to do that, and we don't really see from the other person's perspective. 
We don't even initiate a conversation actually with the other person. You know, uh, let's say it may be my wife, there is something that I want. Okay, since you brought up sex, maybe I want sex. My wife does want sex. And if I'm just stuck on myself, I may, I may be like, oh, what type of woman, what type of wife, pa, 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 pa. But did I make the effort to speak with her to find out, okay, are you all right? What is going on? Something like that. It might be that she, want to, she wants to do it, but she's tired. She wants to do it, but something, you know? And sometimes it may be she wanted me to take out the garbage. I did not take out the garbage. You know, small things like that, you know? For us dudes, it's like, okay, what's the big deal? But for ladies, it's every small thing adds up to something. You know, so it's about the dynamic, what type of dynamic that, that, we, that we have created, you know, that have brought us to that point. So let's reverse and build something new, something better. You know, sometimes that's what we need to do. Just step out of the situation and observe as an observer or take the other person's perspective and that will also help us get unstuck yeah yeah i like that 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 uh is this that is actually the solution that we're trying to get this couple that i was mentioning earlier to mm -hmm. do is because right now they are <clears throat> they are just trying to keep their heads above water they are drowning in in disappointment and mistrust in each other and I think when you're in a state of depression and loneliness and a low in your relationship and in your life and you don't feel loved and you don't feel God, you don't feel connected, it's a terrible idea to make a big decision when you're in that state because you will make a wrong decision because you will make a decision based on fear mm -hmm. and you'll make a decision based on isolation, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing we said was like, you should, we recommend like, you should come to America, come to our house, stay with us for just a week or a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Get some get some clarity and perspective. Mm -hmm. Talk to your husband on the phone, you know, every few days or something, and then go back. And when you're in a state where you feel loved and you feel secure and you feel like some perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Then you can make a decision about how to move forward. Like I said, I'm not saying you should leave this situation. I'm saying you need to get clarity so you feel loved, you feel grace, and you feel acceptance so that you can be filled up so you know how to make a good decision. Because when you're in a state of fear, you can't make a good decision. So that's mm -hmm. what we suggested, right? We'll see what it does. And we're like, we try to remove all the friction as possible. We're like, just come, we'll pay for we'll pay for your flight, we'll pay for your food, everything here. We'll give you lodging. You don't have to pay a penny while you're in America. And all you have to do is come and receive love. You can hang out with our kids, it'll be a good time, and you can make a good decision. We'll help you through this process, right? Okay, that's nice. I think I don't know. What do you think? I think that's a good, pretty good uh suggestion. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. But I'm, I'm bringing it up because I, I think it's like you said, it's it's good to just take a step back and, and see mm -hmm. see it from a like, like we're talking about talking about from God's perspective. What is God's perspective? Who is God? Right. Mm -hmm. If you want to see something from God's perspective, God is love. Mm -hmm. And if you're not feeling loved and you're not in a place where you can give love, then you can't see from God's perspective because all you're seeing from is your own perspective. Mm -hmm. All you're seeing from is a place of pain and fear mm -hmm. and isolation. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, but you can't make a good decision. You can't make a, a informed decision, a godly pr perspective with that kind of mindset. Yeah. Yeah, true. And, you know, sometimes we see uh, a situation that we are stuck in. Let's use a couple that, uh, that you just mentioned. And <clears throat> so if we really don't understand what the problem is, 
or what the cause of the problem is. And we just feel like, okay, I need to get out of this situation, out of this relationship. That's my solution to it. Uh, without understanding the cause, then any relationship that we go into, or let's just say the next relationship that we go into, we might encounter a similar problem. You know, if we don't ad address the cause. Mm. Because sometimes the cause may be me. Like you said, the cause may be me. I just don't know it. Mm. You know, <clears throat> so that's why it is good to understand um, what is going on. Yeah. And just again, the analogy of the door, you know, it's you, you have to pull, but you're trying to push. So if you understand, uh, like with a door like that, you know, were you were you mad? Were you angry, Benji? Were you hungry? What happened there? With the door? Yeah. I was I was passionately, passionately loving, loving this couple and everyone that is in that kind of situation <laughs> because so, I've, because i've been there mm, so you were mad mad that that couple was going through that yeah because... okay here here's here's what i was actually upset about all right like i said like anger is a god-given emotion there's me rationalizing justifying my my upset right but my point of, of upset was my suggestion was why don't you talk with this person and i give her a specific person that i know in korea that I feel like this person would be incredible. She would understand you. She would be able to support you. She'd be part of your support system because that's what you need. When you're depressed, you don't need to be isolated. You need people. Mm -hmm. And I said this, like, please reach out to this person and connect with her. I promise you, you will have a good experience with her and she knows how to get people out of this situation. You know what she said? I don't want to talk to her because she's younger than me. Mm. All right? Okay. Or some other reason. Okay. And, and, and that's what she said. I was like, and then I was like, all right. So you're telling me you've been stuck for more than a de decade. You've been depressed for the last few months and there's a solution that's been offered to you and you're too prideful to just reach out for help. I'm not saying you have to like confess everything and build this ongoing long-term relationship. I'm saying have one conversation, see how it goes. And if you really want to like talk with this person more then set up like a weekly thing. So you just have a relationship with somebody. He's like, well, I don't think it'll work, right? Mm. Anyways, I digress. But just to answer your question, I was passionately frustrated <laughs> because this is incredibly common. It's like, why don't you just, for example, get some blocking software on your phone if you don't want to watch porn anymore? Well, because I don't want to be dependent on it. It's like, oh, okay, great. Why don't you just um, put a website, a, a profile on your matching website? It's like, well, because it's a meat market and I don't want to be associated with it. Okay, why don't you just start going to the gym if you want to, if you want to be healthier? or look healthier or lose weight or whatever it is like well because it's hard and i don't have money say like, all right <laughs> you, you get my point it's like if you want the, this is why integrity is important integrity means your actions and your words are the same your behavior and what you want in your life are the same so if you're telling me that you want to get matched you want to get blessed and you have this incredible marriage then follow in the steps of the people that have done that take advice from people who have done it. it doesn't mean take everything you know on a silver platter and say like oh this is the absolute it's like take it use it tweak it but don't go say like that's not for me because i don't want to do it it's like come on do something because doing something is better than doing nothing all right true <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the type of conversation that christian and i have all the time <laughs> we just happen to be recording this one now it is all in public <laughs> i only say about 70 percent about of the things that i actually want to say <laughs> on the podcast.
And that's okay because like I think I think everyone is the same, honestly. I think everybody has opinions and things they don't they don't say, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go. So don't come at me, trolls. I don't think we have trolls. Like that's honestly, this podcast is like we I think only the it, it only attracts the people that are really serious about this stuff and love the blessing and love the idea of the blessing uh and love their family and bless family. So I don't think that we have trolls. But if you are a troll, we love you and um uh, yeah. <laughs> Anywho, Anywho, let's get back to the topic. So anything, any uh, advice for people that are feeling stuck about anything at all? Yeah. Um, no, it helps when you have a bigger picture. Uh, because when you see that the situation that you are in doesn't match the bigger, the bigger picture, like I said before, you can try to seek help. No, because th- that way you know that something is off. And it's really for for anybody to seek help, like if I need to seek help, I need to know that I am in a situation that is not what it was supposed to be. You know, then I want to make it what it should be. <clears throat> but also at the same time, it's like, what do I think it was supposed to be? You know? Uh, maybe the other person has a better idea of what it was supposed to be. Um, probably I don't, you know, or probably I have a better idea the other person doesn't, you know. So seeking help, always speaking with somebody, it, again, I'm going to circle back to that. Speaking with somebody helps because you unload, when you unload, when you share, you share, you share, you create space that allows you to see things differently, you know, just like you said, Andrew Love, David, you no, know, they did not really give you much advice. They just listen. You no, know, by them listening, you are unloading and you, you are you are hearing what you're saying. At the same time, you know, that's that's that uh, that vacuum that you create by sharing, it allows you to fill it with something else, a different perspective. Maybe the way they are looking at you, even if they don't say anything, their reaction, the body language, or you know, whatever that they are doing makes you start thinking about the situation differently. And if they can give you an uh, advice or something like that, it also allows you to look at the situation critically. You know, that is actually what will help. What will help? Look at the situation critically. Don't just be uh, when I say you, I mean the, you know the person in the situation. Don't we should not just think about because I'm stuck in this situation. I need to get out of this situation. When we're doing that, we are thinking about me, me, me. So let's analyze the situation. Let the situation be something that we want to deal with, not me in this situation. What the situation, how we can deal with it. The relationship, how is the relationship supposed to be? Especially the blessing relationship has vertical horizontal dimensions so we, we need to be able to factor all that in our relationship you know, all that in our lives you know usually we just you know we, we just go through the relationship as if it was just a regular marriage you know which um it takes away from what the blessing is you know and like with for this couple for instance if the husband thinks like you know what she's the woman you know she should be doing all that taking care of me, pa, 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 then it does not help him as a man, as a husband, 
neither does it help the wife because in the blessing um you you want at least to experience love because the blessing is eternal the blessing is not something that ends when you die or some you know yeah you can you can break it yeah but also it is best to do your best not to break it because of some lingering issues spiritual lingering issues that will stay that that you're going to have to deal with you know so the blessing is eternal if we believe that and i know that is the truth but if we believe that then we need to make an effort because in the spirit world it is not all the things that we see that is important it is love you know how do i love my spouse that will factor that will play a major factor in the spirit world you know if i don't really love my my spouse i just i'm just in the relationship because it is a blessing my parents want me to to be in it if it is a second gen or too far they gave me this woman or too far they gave me this man then yeah. Our life in the spirit world will be a surprisingly bad life. And so we, we, yeah. we want to avoid all that. Yeah. How how do you have conviction that the afterlife is what we believe, like filled with love and all that stuff? That's a good question. Um, you know, we, we we have heard Father say that a lot of time that. Uh, the air that we breathe in the spirit world is love. And even when you, you look at the life that we live in the physical world, even those who have amassed a lot of wealth, at some point in their lives, mm -hmm. they realize that all this money is nothing if I cannot share with, with, with somebody or if I cannot help other people. So the bottom line is that by me share with somebody, by me helping other people, what am I doing? I'm experiencing happiness. I am actually lightening uh, my spirit you know and that is another aspect of love you know so there, there are different aspects of love so if i cannot experience joy the, then it doesn't help my spirit so all that you know we can wrap it into love easily okay because we understand one principle and all that and all that probably outsiders will look at it will look at it you know differently uh, differently but all that just speaks to love. So, wow. yeah, and when we are near the end of our lives as human beings, what really matters the most is love. Mm -hmm. And all that can just tell you that it is preparing us for next life, you know? So that is why I can say that love is key mm -hmm. in the spirit world. Gotcha. And would you say that you have actively tried to... To, to like know that with conviction or try to understand that deeper, like as you've grown? Um, God, understanding God and afterlife and spirit world and stuff like that. I would say yes. Uh, actually, it allowed me to write a book about, which is titled About God and Humanity. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Got it. The reason I'm asking that is because I, I there's, there are like two, Kind of perspective or mental exercises that I use to help me make good decisions in my life and also in my afterlife. So I want to share that with, with you. And the reason I was asking you that, Christian, is because I believe that the 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 amount of conviction that we have about spirit world and afterlife and how mm -hmm. important love is directly predicates how we live our life. Absolutely. Because it's not about like like we often see think of faith as black and white. 
right? Like I believe or I don't believe, or I, I believe in spirit world. I don't believe in spirit world. Like we say things like, oh, that person's a believer. That person's a unificationist or member. But the reality of faith is that it's not a black and white. It's a, it's a continuum. It's a spectrum of mm -hmm. to what extent we believe in something, mm -hmm. right? It's a yeah. spectrum of, of how convicted we are that something is real. Because you can talk to two people that believe that, quote unquote, God is real or believe in true parents, but they have very different conviction levels. Mm -hmm. I can I can see it in people's eyes. When I talk with Yana, I feel conviction from her. Mm -hmm. I can feel it. So everything she says about God, I listen because I'm like, wow, this person has conviction. There's something that she believes that I want to understand. Mm -hmm. And there are people that I talk with that believe in it, but they're not really convicted, right? Mm -hmm. And this is why when people go off to college or, or, or you know, like they're like one of those GPA A students or CARP students where they do everything right and they go off to college and then they lose their faith, right? Quote, unquote. And people wonder like, what happened? He was such a, he was, or she was such a, a strong believer. And it wasn't that they lost their faith. It was just that the conviction through which they had a belief in, in their faith was not as strong as the opposing views were or the opposing options were or perspectives were. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, it's not that people lose their faith. It's just they didn't have faith to begin with. Mm. It's not a yes, I believe or I don't believe. It's like, how much do I believe in the thing? So I'm sharing this because I think that the the quality, the, the amount of conviction that we have about the afterlife and about spirit and about God directly predicates how how uh, we make our decisions right now. And I remember True Father at one point said this. <clears throat> it's a paraphrase, but I read, he said that people who are spiritually open have stronger mind-body unity. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. People who are spiritually open have stronger mind-body unity. And he said that, and I thought about it. Why? Because people who are spiritually open understand the, the, the consequences of their actions more so because they understand spirit world, they understand afterlife. They understand what's important in this life and their decisions will be dictated by that, that belief and that understanding because they have 120% conviction. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They have a 200% conviction that their decisions impact their afterlife and their own spirit and their own relationship with God. And that's why people who are spiritually open tend to be more, you know, tend to have more mind to mind unity. So with that said, the practice that I use to understand this is, is think <clears throat> if I lived my whole life and then went to spirit world, and then I, at that moment, at that moment, I, I went to a hundred percent and I was like, Oh, I get it now because I lived my whole life thinking maybe 80% or 70% conviction about spiritual, right? And then I went to afterlife and I was like, wow, this is real. In that moment, how much of my life would I have regretted? Like, how would I live my, I would have lived my life differently mm -hmm. if I had 100% conviction from the different, from the beginning. It's like, well, I wouldn't focus so much on trying to get a nice car or trying to get a big house. I definitely would have, wouldn't have focused so much on trying to hustle and get status, but rather I would have focused on my relationships. I would have focused on growing my capacity to love my wife and my kids. I would focus on having kids and having a lot of kids, right? As many as I could, I would focus on quality time with my wife. That's what the thing is. And so I was talking with this one uh, BC second gen who I was you know, hanging out with, and he was saying, he was listening to the podcast. And he was like, yeah, I don't really believe in the spirit world stuff. I was like, okay, interesting, right? So we started having this, this uh, discussion about uh, um, being agnostic because he's agnostic, right? And I said, okay, so he's, you know, a guy in his mid-20s. So I was like, so have you tried to understand God and who God is in spirit world? And he's like, yeah, I tried once. I went to a gap year program and I tried for a year to understand God. 
And then I realized that it's not for me. And I was like, so you've spent one year trying to understand spirit world and deciding to live your entire life with the backdrop of God is not real. Everyone's just justifying and rationalizing their belief in God and spirit world. And you've decided to live your entire life. And I asked him, how tragic would it be if you went to spirit world and you realize at that moment, spirit world is real. How tragic would it be? How much regret would you have that you didn't even try more than a year to understand this stuff? Right? Because if you look at it like that, it's like, it's not about understanding and believing or not. It's like, am I making the effort continuously to, to raise my conviction in what I believe so that I can get to a hundred percent? And that's why I did the first episode of this podcast about spirit world and a dream I had about spirit world, which solidified for me. You can go back and listen to that guys. If you want solidified for me, that's, oh, wow, this stuff is real. Like spirit world is real. This stuff matters and my decisions matter. And so it shifts my perspective on what's important, what I should focus on in my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's like one mental exercise is thinking like, if I live my entire life with this conviction level I have, would I be satisfied personally on a personal level? Well, no, I want to continue to grow my grow my capacity to understand God and love and what what is actually you know real to me and I believe so that I can live my whole life in accordance with that. And I think that's powerful. You know, um, speaking of faith, believing in God, believing in true parents, believing in Jesus, believing in the divine principle, uh, faith by itself cannot really take us far, you know, in our lives. You know, it is like intellect, for instance. Intellect is limited, you know. Uh, my intellect is limited. You know, your intellect is limited. So it's like you may have a greater intellect than I do, you know, and when I come in contact with you because your intellect is superior, I dwarf, you know. So, but in the realm of love, love is limitless. Mm -hmm. You know, if your love is, you have more love than I do, instead of me dwarfing, actually, you, you're going to lift me up, you know? So the, when we have faith, most of us, the faith that we have is intellect-based. You know, I believe in God, intellect-based. I believe in true parents, intellect-based. That type of faith, that's what will make me disown true parents, abandon true parents. That's a type of faith because it is based on intellect. Intellect is limited. I can even say intellect is segmented, compartmentalized, compartmentalized, whatever you want to call it. But when my faith in God is enriched with love, my faith in true parents is empowered by love, then it's going to be very difficult for me to say God does not exist. It's going to be very difficult to, for me to say, forget your parents. Because it's not just that my intellect allows me to understand them and believe in them, but my love creates a different connection, which is deeper and everlasting. You know, so this is why also I go back to the blessing be eternal. Uh, if we look at our spouses with physical eyes, intellectual eyes, all that, then that relationship can end because intellect is limited. But if we base 
our relationship with our spouses beyond the intellect, love will drive us, then that relationship will go further. And because it is a blessing, it, it creates, the, bless, the blessing sits on a, a different platform than just marriage. That love that I have for my spouse, if it happens that I go to the spiritual, of course, everybody will die. But if it, if, if it happens that I go into the spiritual before my spouse, I carry that love with me. And there is that connection there because it is a love connection, which is centered on the eternal foundation of the blessing. You know, and when my spouse joins me to spiritual, that love is there. So all now it depends on what type of love did we have? Did we were we like or were we harmonious? All that also in the spiritual will play will play a factor. So uh yeah, we need to be able to discern uh because those who believe intellectually may not really have a good sense of the existence of the spirit world. No, but those who believe not only intellectual, beyond intellectual, beyond the intellect, will tell you that yes, the spirit will exist. You know, even scientists, you know, they may not admit it publicly, but they know that there is a force beyond, you know, the physical. Mm. You know, they may call it metaphysical world or whatever they want to call it, because they don't want to say spiritual world, but mm. the spiritual world is there. So you got me talking, Benji. Go Keep talking. <laughs> More of your calm energy. <laughs> I think some people are like, yes, Benji's talking now. And some people are like, thank God he stopped. Please let Christian talk. <laughs> I need to calm down. <laughs> thank you. This is why this is why my wife is who she is. It's because she she grounds me. She keeps me level-headed down to earth. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Yep. In fact, I don't know what I would do with her. You know, I was thinking about this. Maybe some of you guys would be appreciate this and gals. I woke up in the middle of the night last week and you know, sometimes you wake up and you just think random stuff, like what, like just random things. And you're like, why am I thinking about that? So I woke up and I was like, what would the perfect wife for me be? Perfect wife. And I was like making a checklist in my mind while I was half asleep, which is weird. <laughs> and I was like, well, she would this is Benji's opinion. This is my, so none of you be like, bleh, 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 whatever. Uh, I would say she would be a great cook and she would love to cook. Mm. Both of those. She would be a great mother mm. and she would love to be a mother and mm. she would love spending time with the kids. She would be supportive of me and my crazy ideas and endeavors. Mm. And she would not hold me back. Mm. She would, uh, she would be, patient and calm to balance my enthusiastic you know personality she would be a great listener like she would just if i had a rough day or stressful or, or anxious anxiety whatever she would listen right mm -hmm. she wouldn't be perfect at all she would have her own ups and downs mm -hmm. but we would have a relationship that we would know how to support each other and how to love each other when we were down and how to raise each other up when mm -hmm. we're down and i was thinking about that i was like that would be the perfect wife and then I was like, that's my wife. You know, as you were as we're going through the list, I was putting a mental check mark. Yeah. And I was like, that's I'm like, I, yeah. I swear to God, like this, that's what I want. Here's the thing though. And then I started thinking, what are other things I would prefer to have mm. on top of Hitoe? Like, what would I also want? Right. Mm. And this is where it got interesting. I was like, well, 
she would be very adventurous and she would love travel mm. and she would be like a, a go-getter. Mm. She would love traveling the world and being adventurous and all these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And she would love posting on Facebook about how amazing her husband is, <laughs> how, how hot hashtag blessed she is to have such an incredible hus uh, husband. And then, I, and then I was thinking those would be nice, but also if I had those things, she, my wife would not be the person that she is. Absolutely. She would not be all the things that I love and appreciate about it, that ground me. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. would not be those things mm -hmm. if she was this, uh, like, I want to change the, I want to change the world. I want to, I want to, you know, be a CEO. I want to, you know, put my kids in daycare, all the things that I do appreciate about her. Not there's anything wrong with those things, mm -hmm. but the things I do appreciate and love about her that are good for me, mm -hmm. she would not be those things if she was the things that 18 year old Benji would have wanted. Right. Cause if you, if I had a checklist when I, before I got blessed, Mm -hmm. I would have said, you know, she would be these things. She would not be some Japanese from the middle of nowhere in Japan, Aomori person that doesn't speak any English, that is short, that it doesn't like the same things I like. She wouldn't mm. be those. Mm. But I thank God to this day that I was, I think, courageous enough or self-aware enough or wise enough to be like, you know, I think there's something bigger at play that I don't see here. And I'm just going to have faith that things will work out. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and it's interesting because I think every man would go through a similar experience <laughs> who are successful, like who are happy. Mm -hmm. Every man would say the same thing. Would you say so? Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let's leave everyone with one more like thing I've been doing recently. I think you might like this Christian. Uh, I was doing this mental exercise that, that I made up. You guys can use this if you want for gratitude. If you're struggling with gratitude or you're feeling low or just you want to be more grateful, I always struggle with gratitude. I don't naturally feel grateful for stuff. Um, I always think like, what can I do better? What can be better? Whatever. But I started thinking it in a hypothetical world in the future, right? Think, mm -hmm. think in the future. We have time machines, Good. which is not far off from reality. Who knows? We don't know, right? We have time machines in the future and it's a special kind of uh, situation where time machines are very expensive to use, very, very resource heavy mm -hmm. mechanism. Mm -hmm. So you can only use it once in your entire life because everybody can only use a time machine once in their entire life because it's really heavy resources. And you have to forfeit all of your belongings, your house, your car, your all of your money to use it one time. And you can only use this time machine right when you're about to die. Because that's how hard it is to time travel in the future, right? So think about this: you can only use it within like the the last week of your of your life. You can use this time machine one time. Mm -hmm. And so, let's take it back to the present. You wake up in your regular house, apartment, wherever you live. You go downstairs. You go to the kitchen, and sitting at the kitchen table is you, as a ninety year old man or woman. The ninety year old version of you is sitting at the table, and he says, "I just traveled back here to see you." And to see the kids, your wife, whatever your current situation is, if you're living with your parents, whatever. And I used all my money. I spent every penny I've had. I'm about to die. And I came here to visit. So in this scenario, think about these two things. Number one, what would you ask this person who has weathered all of life, everything that you're worried about, stressed mm -hmm. about, mm -hmm. relationships, finance, career, the blessing, has weathered all of that. What would you want to ask this person? All right. Mm -hmm. Number two, this is actually the most important exercise is how would that person feel to come back to this moment? Mm. To see you, like for me, it was like to see, to be able to see me, to be healthy, to be able to see my wife and to hold her mm -hmm. when she's young, 
-hmm. you know, maybe in the future, she'd already passed, passed away. She already died. Mm -hmm. Being able to see her, being able to see these children when they're little, when my little baby Iona is four months old and in the future, they're 60 plus years old, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to hold them, to talk to them, like, and then I realized I would give anything to be where I am right now, Mm -hmm. right? My future self would give anything to be exactly where I'm right now in my life. Mm. And that gives perspective to what really matters. So if I do that exercise and go on a walk, think about this, I come home, look at my wife, look at my kids, look at the house that we're living in, look at the nature around us and be like, man, this is the moment that I would give anything to be here. And I'm here. So I have a question for you, Benji. In that, what question would you ask the future, the future you who can apply? What question will you ask him? Personally, I would like to ask you the same question, actually. But I would I would ask him, like, how are our kids? Mm-hmm. Um, I would ask him, like, what is it? I would say, what is it I'm worried about or stressed about that I shouldn't be, mm-hmm. right? What are the things that I'm, I'm anxious about that I really shouldn't worry about, you know? Because anything I say, he's just going to be like, come on, you're worried about that? Like, that's stupid. I've been through World, World War Three and Four. <laughs> We have ter- we have terminators in the future that are tr- constantly trying to kill us. <laughs> We've got robots that turned on us. <laughs> mm. And he's like, "You're worried about that? Come on!" Like that's like that version of Benji. That's how I would probably be. Like if I know myself at all, he'd be like, "Come on, don't be mm. stupid," <laughs> you know. So I would try to ask that. And to the same extent, I think about if I could go back ten years to to myself when we were just blessed, for example, mm-hmm. like. That version of me who's like just blessed and so stressed about this relationship and just anxious about is is this going to work out? Mm-hmm. Are we going to have kids? Like what's going to work in terms of like finances and career? If I could go back and tell that person like like don't worry man, you you have awesome you have an awesome marriage you got kids in the future they're healthy they're happy like how much how much calm I would be like how much more enjoyable would life be mm-hmm. for my blessing if I just was like you know what everything's going to work out. So that's kind of the perspective that I would try to give to myself. Mm. Yeah. What about you? Uh, the question I will ask the future me will be, are you happy? Because if he's happy, then I know it's all good. If he's not happy, then then I will ask to, I will try to find out what went wrong so that if there is a way for me to fix it in the course of my life, then I can fix it. But my key question would be, are you happy? Yeah. So me going back to the future, let's say, like you pointed the time of the blessing, the time that I was blessed. Um, the advice I will give the young me at that time probably would be, hmm, that's a, that's a tough one, actually. Hmm. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of tough because we, if we didn't go through what we've been through, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I got to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's really just peace of mind. You know, like, I don't know if ev- everyone's like this, but I think a lot of people who are like, you know, high achievers want to have a great relationship, all that. I think we put a lot of anxiety and stress upon ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not necessary. You know, like, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this comes true? What, you know, what if my worst, my worst case scenario happens and whatever, whatever. I can tell you, like, all the worst case scenarios have happened to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it, it's not common, but, but it, it's, it's like things work out. They really do. And that's why it's valuable. 
But what's interesting to me is that this exercise of talking to your future self is not that far from reality because we have people that are, have experienced life that can give that perspective. Mm -hmm. And I haven't started doing this until recently in my life is I love talking with older guys who just have kids, have weathered life, and they just have perspective of stuff. And I ask them like, what would you do in this situation? What do you think about this? And just listen. It's kind of like going to the future and asking yourself something, you know, mm -hmm. and to it, to an even like deeper degree, think about talking to your dad or your mom, who is basically you mm -hmm. is they're basically you, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like in terms of genetics, they're basically you, like you're a half of them. So mm -hmm. they are going through a lot of the same stuff, mentally speaking, spiritually speaking, psychologically speaking. Mm -hmm. So you can just be like, Hey, like I'm, I'm stressed or anxious or about this. I don't know what to do here. I'm feeling stuck here mm -hmm. right back to our original topic of this podcast. I'm feeling stuck. Yeah. What should I do? You can talk to your future self. That's how I feel when mm -hmm. I talk with guys that are older, right. Or gals, like even women that are older. It doesn't have to be gender-based. It's like anybody who has experience and stuff, mm -hmm. not everything, but the, 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 the thing that you're, you're struggling with or feeling stuck, ask about that. Yeah. Like I wouldn't take financial advice from one person, but I might take spiritual advice from that same person. Yep, true. <laughs> true. Yeah. Like how many of our parents, you would take advice about, you know, something spiritual wise, but you wouldn't take financial advice from them in a million years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or would you, you wouldn't take relationship marriage advice from someone that's struggling, mm -hmm. but you would absolutely take maybe parenting advice or you would take uh, whatever. But you, but you know what, Benji, sometimes that is a... a mistake that we made or misjudgment because we think somebody is struggling in his or her relationship that person cannot give advice mm -hmm. sometimes that's that's where you need to go for some insights that is some insight that is really different mm -hmm. because a person a person who's struggling in his or her relationship it doesn't mean that the person is at fault, not necessarily. It just means that it, sometimes it is a person who has invested <clears throat> a lot and keeps keeps on investing for his or her relationship, just does not receive something proportional back, you know. And this person may give you some insight to avoid some pitfalls, you know. Uh, usually, we want to receive advice from someone who has a successful relationship. Uh, <clears throat> if we are like for us, parents, we want to receive advice from uh, another blessed couple who has raised their children. Uh, they have 15 children, all 50 children went to the blessing. They don't break the blessing and stuff like that. We want that. But at the same time, uh, we, we want to shy away from someone who is struggling but sometimes that's where we need to go to receive information that will help us not to do what we're not supposed to do. You know? So mm -hmm. I don't feel that makes sense, but that makes sense in my head. So anyway. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's a uh, really good advice. Uh, let's leave everyone with a call to action, right? Which is to share this podcast with people. Do it. Just do it because we love you guys. And also join the MatchNet program, which is at matchnet.us. You should do it. Why? Because you need perspective. Because if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like, I don't know how to do this matching process thing, guess what? We have entire course that is exactly how to go through it step-by-step. Step. It's not fluff. 
it's not motivation. It's not hypothetical. It's like, do this, do this, do this, and uh, you'll get, you'll be on your way. Right. Yep. Cool. Thank you, everyone. We love you all. And uh, God bless you. See you in the next one. Yep. Thank you.